Maybe that'll have to do. That'll do, pig. That'll do. When's the last time you watched that? Been a long time. Really? I would have thought that would have been a, a Celeste favorite. It probably would be. There's nothing inappropriate in that, right? Who knows, man? Every time I'm like, oh, this movie's fine. You're just like, oh, it turns out that they actually did have like 10 seconds of hardcore pornography. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching The Mitchells versus The Machines, and we decided basically she couldn't watch it because she likes robots right now, and we don't want her to not like robots. It's like, no, this might make her not Charlie, like robots. No. She needs to not like robots so that she can fight Skynet in the future. <laughs> no, that's true. You don't want her to be on Skynet's side. Isn't that the sort of thing that the good robots or the programmers of the good robots are supposed to send a robot back in time to warn me about? Like, I don't have to proactively do anything. I just wait for the Terminator to come back and tell me. Honestly, I haven't even seen the most recent Terminator because Genesis was too confusing as it was. <laughs> Which one was Genesis? Was that the one with uh, Batman? That's the Batman? Christian Bale? Oh, no, that's the fourth one. That's <laughs> Salvation. I was like, Val Kilmer? What? <laughs> I know. I, I, I was like, Robert Pattinson, Ben Affleck. Uh, There's just so many. Yeah. No, that's the fifth one. That's the one where Arnold comes back as a good Terminator, but also he's the bad Terminator. That's the one that I feel like I've seen it two or three times, but... It- I keep forgetting I saw it, so then I like I watch it again, and about halfway through I go, "Oh, I did see this already." <laughs> Is it Amelia Clark in that one? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she was in one. Yeah, I think it's that one, and I know Matt Smith is in it as Skynet for some reason. <laughs> and they made another one after that. Yeah, I think it might actually even be. Well, okay, oh, I don't know if it's right. actually James Cameron, but it might be like James Cameron. They, they brought Linda Hamilton back, right? I think so. And I heard it was actually okay, but by that point I was just burned out on Terminator and just never yeah. had the impetus to watch it. Same here. I never did watch that one. But I remember after, being excited when they announced it and they were bringing back uh, Linda Hamilton. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm totally going to watch that. And I didn't at all make an effort to watch it. Yeah, but when you when you hit <laughs> more bad Terminators than good Terminator movies, like... Are you still there? Brian's using a wine pump. You can probably hear it going. But we're in the pre-material, so. Oh, okay. So I can. What's a what's a wine pump? Something she got for her birthday from her friend. Basically, you jam it in the bottle, and it like aerates it and sucks it up, so you don't have to pour the bottle. Ooh. Oh. But but I think the key thing was that it also adds air to it, so that it gives it a smoother taste. Oh, okay. You can aerate it. It all tastes like church to me, so I don't know. But. I've only ever tasted the grape juice. Oh, see, we were Catholic, so we got the real yeah. wine. Yeah, the, the, those, those teetotaling Protestants <laughs> <laughs> can't even can't even give uh, give me a thimble of wine. <laughs> By the way, if the, you hear loud, like terribly loud noises, and I disappear, it's because we're almost under a tornado warning. Oh, oh. sounds sensuous. Well, make sure that if you leave, that you leave the thing on so that we can hear the final moments of your house. You can submit it to, like, you know, XX or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever show does that. Max, Max X is still on, right? <laughs> yeah, they never left, right? Chop. Yeah, so what topics did you guys bring? I, I always have trouble with topics, especially these days, because... Topics.com no, went down. Topics.com <laughs> went down. Max X isn't even on anymore. <laughs> Those French cherry bonbons I tried to find, are, I realized they're gone forever. You know those like sour hard candies? No. no, I don't know this offhand. Oh, well, I guess I think of them as a Wharton Center thing, but you could find them other places. What were they called? Uh, see, I never even knew the name as a kid. I just knew they were made in France. I have no idea how to pronounce French, so you'll Can have you to bear with me on this. Um, Le... Dan took French. Uh, la... La or le. That's a good start. <laughs> oh, la vie... Just pronounce like the first... La vie de la Vosgienne le Cherise. V-O-S-G-I-E-N-N-E. Yeah, you probably just pronounce V and then stop there. <laughs> <laughs> That seems to be how they do most of it. La vie de la vos. And then when I would complain, this doesn't make sense. Why don't they 
pronounce hey. anything. How do they know what they're saying? Madam Soul would just say, "It's you. It's just it's the context. You got to figure it out." <laughs> How does anyone know anything in any language? You know, <laughs> right? They were essentially the uh, the fancier equivalent of like the like the Altoid Mango Sours. Oh, very vaguely. Like they come in a round tin, and they're just kind of a tart, hard candy. So I don't remember those in like, the shape of various fruits. Anyone remember those like filled raspberry hard candies? Vaguely, yeah. yeah. Oh, they still make those. I know there's strawberry ones. I'm thinking of like, the strawberry. Yeah, ones. the wrapper looked like a shiny strawberry kind of. Oh, I mean they had those too, but this was like a a raspberry. It's like a darker purple. Vaguely looked like a raspberry. Are you like are you candy. thinking of uh, gushers fruit no. snacks? No, this was a hard candy. <laughs> I mean, the answer also, I for me is always Also, I question if you know yes. what a raspberry looks like, if you think Gushers look like a raspberry. Maybe a squished one. <laughs> one that's been in the fridge just a little too long. It looks like one, uh, looks like a single uh, berry of a raspberry. <laughs> Whatever you call those. <laughs> a single seed. Because it's a, it's a compound fruit, right? Or maybe not. I don't think I got that far. <laughs> I, I didn't either. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> It's like, yeah, aren't are there some fruits that are technically a bundle of fruits? But I would guess a raspberry I mean, is. That sounds right. You know. Yeah, well, anything sounds right. Like a strawberry <laughs> is like one piece of flesh with a bunch of seeds on it. Whereas a raspberry is a bunch of seeds, each with their own little fleshy body around them. But it probably is still one fruit because it's like a distinct unit. Why were you thinking about these cherries? Candy? Oh, I don't know. I was just listing things that this is the richness of my inner life right now as I sit around post-surgery with no ability to (laughs) travel anywhere (laughs) or do anything except like work and play Elden Ring, basically. (laughs) I bought a new Nintendo game in the form of a deck of cards because I didn't realize they still made them. They're... uh, Hana Hanafuda cards. Yeah, Hanafuda cards. It was like hand and foot, right? Basically. I think it's like flower or something. Flower. No, no, no. Like the, the game. Oh, I only know how to play Koi Koi, but there's probably a lot of different games you can play with these. I have, I bought a Koi Koi deck, if there's a difference between that and other decks. Because I know that it came with some instructions that I can't really read. I'll have to bring these uh, when I visit so that yeah. we can play some Koi Koi. I look forward Basically to it. a trick-taking game. The cards are cool though because they're almost like little. They're like little cards, slightly smaller than like a uh, than like those little cards in like uh, in like Catan, you know. Mm, yeah. But they're like stiffer, so it feels kind of like little tiles almost. How is this related to Nintendo at all? They manufactured them. Oh, oh. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that was my Nintendo? that was my big bit, you know, like oh, I bought a new Nintendo game. It's, it's coming cards. back to me, but yeah, because they like were was, they were a card company and they made toys and stuff. Yeah, like I was watching some Japanese movie from the fifties, and I'm pretty sure there's like Nintendo brand cards in there at one point, just because hmm. there's cards, and you, but you can read Nintendo on it. Yeah, that was their thing for many decades. And they still make cards. They still make a few different decks, mostly hmm. Hanafuda decks. Not sure if they make like you know like fifty-two card casino style decks or not. I'm sure they did at one point. I mean, this could be the episode where Paul just keeps bringing up things, and I'm like, "What the hell is he talking about?" And then gradually figuring <laughs> it out. A, <laughs> I'm blowing all, all my topics right before we've even started <laughs> because that's all I have to say about them. You know, like they're, they're not like really discussion topics. There, it's more like show and tell, more like <laughs> trivia. But, but we all so like trivia exists. here. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what welcome to another edition of gobeski wallace Port. you've been listening to us for a few minutes now i'm adam gobeski and i'm charlie wallace uh today we have with us two very interesting guests we've got dan hess hello good to be here and I'm paul wilcox it's great to be back again so ever since daylight savings time reenacted itself my dinner time is now during podcast time so you're gonna have to deal doug sorry <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there like a food sounds filter you can just put over the whole <laughs> podcast, Charlie? Turn on the macaroni filter. <laughs> the soup filter. 
stirring the macaroni. <laughs> Where's the and ramen the, filter? Eat a bowl of ramen while podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> the screen looks like I took my computer to the ocean. <laughs> so thanks especially to Dan for taking time out of his regular Gloomhaven session to uh, join us tonight. So uh, actually, Mark Van Lake is dealing with spring break stuff right now. So we had the night off. How often well, do you play? Thanks, regardless. <laughs> we try and play like once a week, but usually it's more like every couple weeks. But uh, we've been going since about September of 2020. Oh, so it's been nice. fun. We've had a campaign going. I think we played just about every character so far between the four of us. So you're like cool. you level up in that game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a, a campaign style leveling. You create characters, you level them up, then you retire them and make a new one. It's uh, it's pretty fun. That's cool. I I played that one time, so I didn't really get the full campaign experience. <laughs> I did start a character and then you know. Yeah, it's it's definitely one have of those a lot of where occasions to play again. Yeah, it's it's especially as as grown adults with jobs and such it can be hard to to get a group together <laughs> consistently to to play a game like that i've i've found but uh we've managed it definitely it's more fun if you can play leveling your character up and kind of playing through a character the storyline itself may as well not exist it was, it was clearly an afterthought but the game is amazing so it, the story doesn't bother me or lack thereof <laughs> I don't know why that reminds me of the time early in the pandemic when Charlie contacted me. He was like, oh, there's this Steam app called Tabletop Simulator. You should get it. And then we can play games on it together remotely. And I was like, oh, OK. And so then I bought it. And then immediately, like, Charlie basically just, like, disappeared. I was like, when are we going to play this game? And he was just like, oh, I can't. I'm busy for the next four years. <laughs> it's not a lie. <laughs> well, <laughs> Some in the some in the game the hobby gaming community might disagree with me, but I would say that you're not missing much, Adam, because I too downloaded Tabletop Simulator shortly after it came out, and within I think a couple hours, I decided it was complete trash and hated it, and <laughs> have barely touched it since. Well, no, I'm out twenty bucks that Charlie talked me into spending, and then decided like he must be in the pocket of big tabletop simulator (laughs) yeah tabletop simulator got 20 bucks from a lot of people who uh gave up on it after a couple hours i think though i do know a bunch of people who stuck with it and really enjoyed it so i think i just never got it (laughs) it's it's a it's a tabletop simulator as the name implies but there's a physics engine in it it's bizarre (laughs) and i found that it made things very very hard to deal with like cards would flop over and things would tip over and you'd accidentally click the wrong button and literally the table would flip and everybody has to start over. It was awful. I didn't like it at all. I think I gave that it happened last time. Uh, <laughs> that, that did happen last time. But, uh, it was like, oh, all right, well, we'll just stop playing. <laughs> yeah. There's no I mean, one do. <laughs> we worked out that if you found in the workshop board games that you wanted to play that someone had scripted, yep. that it worked better. Yeah. Yeah. If you were trying to go in, just like See, I even tried some of those. And I think one of the problems that I had was that because those workshop things, you know, people have just scripted them like open source style. So I'd find a YouTube video that was like how to play such and such on Tabletop Simulator. But it was like two versions ago and nothing would look the same. And it yeah. would just confuse me more and make me even more frustrated. And eventually I'm screaming, get off my lawn at my computer screen and shutting it all down. And... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't pretty. And there's also the thing about like, oh, do you want to buy licensed things? Or if you bought unlicensed things, then there was always a chance it would be taken down. And you'd have to make sure not to <laughs> yeah. update it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> or else like, you would oh, lose we're it. We're playing the unofficial version of Race for the Galaxy. You know, <laughs> that, it works pretty well, but hopefully it stays there. Yeah, there were a couple of different scripted versions of Gloomhaven. I couldn't really figure them out, but Mark figured out how to how to host it uh, over, what is that, Roll20, the D&D thing? I don't know if you guys have ever used that before, but he figured out how to basically you could like cut and paste map files into Roll20 and use it kind of like a D&D map. But then we'll we'll use Zoom to actually talk to each other. And uh, it worked really well. So we've been doing that for a long time now. Mark builds all the maps, though. Nobody else figured out how to use it. It's 
It's all Mark. I feel like Gloomhaven is a tough place to start in tabletop simulator. <laughs> Why did you abandon us, Charlie? Uh, I don't. I I remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, everyone was very much like, "How are we going to manage?" And we're going to do it by lots of Zoom calls and trying to find online ways to do things together. And then, yeah, it just all kind of fell by the wayside eventually. I think it happened for okay, me faster for than you, most people. For you, it fell by the wayside like, like immediately. <laughs> like week one, you were like, get this game. And I was like, okay. And then week two, I was like, hey, uh, can we do it during our normal podcast time? And you were like, no, that's Kara's time. <laughs> All right. Well, then when can we do it? Oh, never. All right. So I had to con other people into getting it just to try and justify it. Tabletop simulator is a pyramid scheme. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie's got stock in it. Yeah. I got a kickback of a full dollar from Adam. <laughs> oh. 5%. It's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. It's the kind of pyramid scheme I can get under. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be one of the bottom bricks in this pyramid. That's fine with me. Nothing wrong with yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the foundation yeah. of pyramid schemes. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously I'm not bitter about this at all. No, no. Right. I could I, give I, you the $20 back and you would not accept it because you'd still want to just complain. <laughs> Maybe I just want to spend time with you outside of a podcast, Charlie. Mm, too much to ask, apparently. Yeah, apparently. How many friendships have fallen by the wayside because you don't want to interact with people? <laughs> All of them? The cycle of my I adult know, life. Now, now, I'm, now I'm taking stock. <laughs> my, my past. Every year that how many, goes how by. Many, every person I've lost touch with over <laughs> the years. Every year that goes by, I find I need less friends. <laughs> I got a friend who will be like, hey, you want to come meet so-and-so? I'm like, no, not really. I've got enough. (laughs) I don't have the energy for new friends anymore. (laughs) One in, one out. (laughs) Right. Maybe. Maybe. Somebody comes in, someone else has got to (laughs) go. Like, I would go meet this person, but I like you too much. (laughs) (laughs) That would happen to me, Charlie? Did I get replaced? (laughs) No. We're we're still here, aren't we? I don't podcast with anybody else anymore. Anymore? They're right. This is Dan's theory right here. Yeah, right. Speaking of COVID isolation, though, there's one thing I learned during the uh, the pandemic. It was just how much I don't like crowds because when everybody started coming out again and going to the store and whatnot, I was like, "This is awful. Can't we go back to the way it was when nobody left their house?" <laughs> We what we need is overbuilt infrastructure. We need too much for everybody. <laughs> I'm being serious. So what would that look like? A few extra lanes on every road. <laughs> yeah. A couple extra grocery stores than the na- than the neighborhood can really afford to support. <laughs> I don't think it would actually look that different from that, from like I think it would look like the suburbs. I guess. Maybe I've created a monster now in my mind. Grocery stores, you could just have like grocery store side A and side B. So like the aisles go up to 40 or whatever, and then they start over again at one. So they just double up everything. So you can choose which side you want to go. Yeah, Yeah. the mirror grocery store. (laughs) I was also thinking maybe they could spread things out more like like they don't stock shelves where they like, you know, go deeper. Just like everything's like one layer. Like, you know, like this is the aisle of like SpaghettiOs or whatever. Like every can is like, (laughs) it'd be like out of a commercial for Sudafed or whatever. (laughs) Like, look at this huge shelf that is all one product. And we wouldn't have to bump into each other. Everything would be big. So was Charlie advocating for separate but equal grocery stores? (laughs) You can go to whatever one you want. Going for it. For a second, I thought that's where he was going with it. I started to cringe. You couldn't see me, but I was like, uh-oh, watch it, Charlie. <laughs> do, you, do you think that if that if there were, like, if there was a mirrored, like, floor plan, there would be, like, a busy side because everyone was like, oh, that's the good side, and, like, people would go to that one all the time? It'd be like, nothing's ever in stock on side B. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but around me... 
that's how some of our stores are. There's like everybody goes to the good store that's got everything in stock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to the good cheddars or whatever, you know. <laughs> the good cheddars. <laughs> AKA every cheddars. Actually, the good cheddars, I think, is uh, whatever one we went to. And I don't Chandler. know if it was in, was it in Chandler. Do you guys yeah. have one right there? Yeah, yeah, I thought the Wilcox household was an anti-cheddars household. Mm, actually, that did not remain true. We're kind of a cheddars household now. Well, we, we were. My niece loves cheddars. And, you know, I've never really had them do me wrong with any of their with their steak there. I'm always kind of impressed at when the, when I get a good tasty steak in a casual dining setting. Well, not, I mean, casual from Cheddar's, I guess. is What, what would you consider Cheddar's? Casual as opposed to upscale? Yeah, casual. Well, that's what I, when I said casual, I was like, wait, I've never been to, like, I have I ever been to a non-casual dining place? Because I don't really think so. Um, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I've been to weddings. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I take that back. I did go to, through various circumstances, I got a heavily comped room at the Grand Hotel and went with my family one year. And so that's where they made my brother uh, borrow one of their jackets because he didn't wear one down to the oh wow to the dining room. <laughs> it's all theater there, you know. It didn't feel too, it's like such a large uh, dining hall. But yes, they enforced their jackets. Oh, I just feel like a lot of the upscale restaurants, you're like, man, I wish this was the more casual dining. Yeah, it's like it's like you gotta you can't relax your shoulders or be loud or, you know, <laughs> have a few too many like I'm thinking of that meme that's like it's like a choose your own adventure book cover. And it's like, you know, a kid like drop kicking like various ninjas and the title is Fourteen Beers at Chili's. It's it's funnier wow. when you look at it. I forgot about that meme. <laughs> Is it really that old? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just old enough in my memory, at least. <laughs> I, I love to rediscover the old memes. It was making me think, Paul, that like I'd like to be the guy that goes to the upscale dining joint and like always borrows the jacket. <laughs> it's like they just got the jacket <laughs> yeah. waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> like they just... Why have your own jacket? If they're just going to give it to you at the door. They just like have those... it set aside. Like it's got your name and permanent marker on like the collar. So have you have you seen those breweries that have like, you know, their mug club or whatever and they have your your mug waiting there for you when you show up? They could have a whole coat room full of jackets. And... <laughs> oh. <laughs> so old Chicago for jackets. <laughs> right. <laughs> You walk in and everybody's jacket has a different pattern on it. Charlie's is the one that's like blue with green polka dots. <laughs> oh, nice. That one's mine. <laughs> is that it? Are we out of topics? Uh, no, sorry. I just, I wondered why on Know Your Meme, Obama inauguration crowd versus Trump inauguration crowd is currently trending. Uh, probably something that somebody said somewhere. Uh, <laughs> if I had to guess, maybe your computer heard you say "old meme" and it told you that was that was trending. I guess it could be. It's like what 2016? <laughs> we need to go deeper. <laughs> I think my meme consumption and enjoyment peaked in late 2016. I mean, late 2015, early 2016. <laughs> I would say. It's because they just got depressing in 2016. <laughs> yeah, they really took a turn <laughs> for the dark. I, it just stopped been able to recover. <laughs> yeah, they're just we haven't had a, a way the for the memes just haven't brightened back up. The jokes just started making you sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really did. It, you know, it used to be about watching uh, short video compilations. Oh yeah. So now, now I need to know like when this when this actually dates back to this was posted two years ago oh okay it was after the the height of my meme uh your meme but if it was post covid yeah. it may as well have been 20 years ago <laughs> it was post covid or if it was pre-covid either time has no meaning anymore adam i mean that's true <laughs> ever since covid started i don't i can't remember if something happened a week ago or a year ago or a month ago it seems it all blends together. Let's wait for the next wave. I hope so, because those lines are getting long at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> See, out here at least, like 
people stopped caring like two waves ago. So <laughs> crowds didn't go down appreciably with each successive wave. Well, here in our nation's capital, half the population is still wearing masks. I'd say it's probably 10, maybe 20% of people. It depends on whether Brianne's with me in the store or not. <laughs> See, I, I have no idea now because I just, I, I'm in my house and if I leave the house, it's because I'm going to the doctor. <laughs> so, oh, so you have to. A hundred percent of the people I've encountered. In <laughs> when I took my Uber, where masks were required, to the doctor, where masks were required. <laughs> so, a hundred percent in Michigan, I can okay, confidently but, say. <laughs> but here's the thing: I don't get right. Here we are. It's been over two years since this started, and in Arizona, at least, like. They basically got rid of masks a year ago, at least. So consequently, it's not like you're required to wear masks in stores. So I'm always like wondering at the people who are wearing masks improperly, oh. like the ones who like have their nose exposed. Oh. I'm like, how how did we get to this point? Like where you chose to wear a mask, but badly. Like you don't have to wear it. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe they just like people not seeing their mouth, really. Maybe that's it, yeah. <laughs> They're like, you know what? I really, I mean, the pandemic has generally been very bad for people's teeth. So <laughs> Maybe they're celebrities and they just it. don't want to be recognized. <laughs> <laughs> Could be it. Yeah. Just their mouth keeps them from it. If they cover up their mouth, <laughs> that's, that's good a- enough. The nose, fine. <laughs> You can see well, all nose. Superman needed was like thick frame <laughs> glasses. I mean, <laughs> so I uh, last uh, Tuesday, not this past Tuesday, but the one before, I got a haircut, and so then I went to host trivia the following Monday, and one of the people came up and was like getting her like her team supplies, and she was like, "Oh, what happened to Adam?" <laughs> and I was said, "I am Adam," <laughs> and she said, "What?" And I said, yeah, I just got a haircut. (laughs) I mean, it was a fairly extreme haircut, right? Like I went from like 1975 to 1955, but still. (laughs) Do you guys watch uh, what we do in the shadows at all? One of the vampires tries to disguise himself as a human and he puts a toothpick in his mouth to chew on and nobody can recognize him when he puts a toothpick in his mouth. (laughs) Everybody freaks out when he takes it out. Like, oh my God, it's him. (laughs) (laughs) So that makes me think of, it's his disguise as a regular human bartender. (laughs) Even in Dane County, the mask mandate is over. So like even almost everyone's taking off their mask here, but I'm not still. And, I just now I just know like I notice when everyone's coughing and sneezing yes. and like it's probably not any more than they were before. I'm not sure I can go I'm, back. Like I don't want there. I don't even want a cold anymore. If it's so spoiled. Yeah, I'm, I'm like yeah. super duper self-conscious if I have to clear my throat in public like that people are going to think I have covid. <laughs> I think if you're clearing your throat a little more, you might find the store a little less busy. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to walk around the aisles hacking. That's probably giving everyone else a little too much credit. You see somebody out and about without a mask and they cough or sneeze or something. And even if they do it like into their arm, I just think like you monster. (laughs) You're supposed to do that at home. Like, oh, that wet sleeve. (laughs) Thinking about that wet sleeve. Yeah, I've mostly stopped wearing one in like large stores, like box sleeves. stores and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sleeves? You just ripped them right off. Yep. <laughs> Nothing but tank tops from here on out. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying something before I... I was saying that I'm uh, never wearing sleeves again. I'm tearing them all off my clothes. I'm going to put a sign on my car that says, don't tread on, on me with your sleeves. <laughs> It's like the snake, but like in a in a sleeve. <laughs> How does the office feel about that? <laughs> just, just the tie and the short sleeve. I'm demand yeah, a tie and a button me. down, but the sleeves removed. <laughs> I'm going to demand they show me in the uh, employee handbook where it says I must wear sleeves. <laughs> If a woman walks by in like a dress or something, I'm going to be like, she's not wearing sleeves. Why do I have to wear sleeves? In fact, she's not even wearing pants. She's not wearing leg sleeves. (laughs) Why should I wear arm sleeves? 
I'm thinking about our dress code where I work, and I could probably uh, also not wear sleeves. (laughs) (laughs) I I definitely can't get away with no sleeves in my office. (laughs) You don't want to look like a like a male stripper, (laughs) Chippendale or something. Yeah, yeah, it would be it would be very weird, but we do have a you know I mean a lot of places have a gender neutral uh, uh, dress code now, so it's kind of it kind of brings up some ambiguous scenarios. Like uh, it, it puts some things on the table that weren't before. <laughs> technically, <laughs> you want to be the guy who pushes the dress code to its limits. <laughs> See where the boundary is. The offices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sleeves are the hill you chose to die on. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Just just cut half an inch off every every week and <laughs> see when the boss complains. Right, yeah. <laughs> see how far you like, until they notice. <laughs> you've got just like a tiny strip. Like how high? Like where is the sleeve? <laughs> like it's just like a like an inch of fabric from like the seam. <laughs> like see, it's a sleeve. Oh, see now I'm envisioning an inch of fabric, but all the way down your arm to a cuff to kind of hold the cuff there. <laughs> this is this is very stripper like. It's like what? It's a sleeve. How do you define sleeves? <laughs> this could really be a a sketch bit, you know, the office libertarian. <laughs> yeah, it really does feel like an I think you should leave sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Calico pants. Dan flashes. Yeah. <laughs> Dan flashes the calico pants. <laughs> yeah, have the have the pants slowly rise. Have your midriff start showing eventually. Uh, another millimeter every day. <laughs> yeah. So you're walking around the office in a speedo, <laughs> and people are just like, "Well, I mean, we didn't say anything before. Can we say anything now?" <laughs> like, what you know. I don't want people to admit that I noticed. I yeah. don't want to admit that I noticed. I, I think he's been dressing this way for like six months now. <laughs> like it's too late. Like if we're, it would be hypocritical to say something now. And if there's one thing companies never should be, it's hypocritical. <laughs> I, they're always worried about that. I work for the government, so I don't have to worry about uh, anything. Thinking anyone thinking we're hypocritical. What was that sound? That was uh, a tip of a bottle hitting the tip of a glass. Ah. I was trying to be very, very quiet and uh, avoid banging and clanging and whatnot, but I failed. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a deliberate thing, like uh, <laughs> like some chime you were hitting after you were coming. <laughs> they're, they're in every government office. <laughs> <laughs> As I keep a triangle at my desk. That's how that's how I announce lunchtime. <laughs> I thought it was the hypocrisy triangle. <laughs> yeah. Bing, 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 Hypocrisy bell. over here. <laughs> I like the idea that you announce to everybody when you're when you're going for lunch. Ding ding ding. <laughs> Feeling a bit peckish, I'm gonna head to lunch, everyone. <laughs> it's like ringing the bell when you leave Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him about that once. I was like, do you guys like it when they ring the bell? And they were like, yeah, it's fine, I guess. So then I rang the bell for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to I like to ring it sometimes. Man, I've just realized how long it's been since I went and just sat down and had an Arby's. Or a Long John Silver's. Did they have the bell, too? Oh, really? Like, like the, a shit bell? I don't know if I've... Yeah, like the dedicated ones, not the combo Taco Bell ones. I don't think they have that. <laughs> the place with bell in its name. <laughs> Has no bell. You can't have the bell. Has Taco Bell ever lean, really leaned into its bell name? There's like, isn't there like a bone in the commercials? Yeah, there's yeah, the Taco yeah. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, there was the Taco Bell. But I mean, if you actually go to Taco Bell, there's like not a bell in sight, right? Other than on the sign? Yeah, why is it Taco Bell? <laughs> I don't know. Really, it's yeah. Like it's something we've all just accepted without questioning our whole yeah. lives. It, it's probably just some guy's name. 
Frank Bell started it in, you know, New Jersey or something. Like uh, it turns out you're right. His name was Glenn Bell. Oh, Irving, nice. California. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, at least California seems more <laughs> sensical. <laughs> Next time I go to Taco Bell, I'm going to say, all right, you got tacos, but where's the bells? <laughs> <laughs> I get oh the my taco god, part. the cashier is gonna laugh so hard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're gonna have the whole place in stitches. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be like, Can you say that again for TikTok? I want I'm, I'm gonna get so much clout for this. Yeah. Cashier's gonna yell back to everybody in the back, hey, hey guys, come on, you gotta hear this. <laughs> say it again, say it again. <laughs> Do the bell. <laughs> Do the bell again. <laughs> I went viral. It's going to be hilarious. It's been a long pandemic. This is the first time I've been back in a fast food restaurant. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole, and at one point it told me Taco Bell bought Hotten Now. Oh. And I was thinking about Hotten Now. Apparently there's only one left. What? Really? In Sturgis, Michigan. Oh, oh. see... I think Road I knew this. We, were, we used to talk about this at work, like we were going to go to it one day, take a take a field trip. Yeah, it's like how uh, Jason and I, for some reason, we came upon the subject of Cupid dolls, and somehow that led us to the learning there was a Cupid burger chain at one point, and then that it was basically defunct, but one of them was in downtown Lansing. Yeah, I didn't realize that was a chain because I went there all the time when I worked down there. Yeah, I didn't know there was a big chain. I knew there was two of them in Lansing at one point. I'd been to both of them back in the yeah, day. Yeah, apparently it used to be a big like Midwestern chain. Like uh, Halo Burger and Flint apparently used to be a QP. Oh, QP made good burgers. Fun fact: I remember once, uh, like uh, fifteen twenty years ago. Uh, there was a big deal made that, you know, one of the local news stations or one of those had like done a hidden health code sting type thing, a bunch of places in town. And I believe it was Cupies. They found like meat in the ice machine or something like ground meat <laughs> in the ice machine. There was, there was quite a to do about it. <laughs> I don't think Cupies fared well, very well through it. <laughs> Because as I recall, they were one of the lowest scoring ones in the whole city or something. Well, I know the South Lansing one closed, I think. So. It may it may have been shortly after the ground meat in the ice machines. It's tough tough to survive that sort of thing. Well, like, well, as long as we don't get drinks there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just ask for no ice. Everything else is fine. They just, you know. <laughs> Someone well, at least the meat was kept cold. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Would you like some water, tar tar? <laughs> <laughs> Does that just mean raw water? <laughs> oh yeah, hold on. That just sounds like a like a health scam at a Target. <laughs> yes, I mean raw water is definitely a thing that people have marketed, and it's just basically drinking tainted water. Uh, I think. <laughs> Straight from Lake Erie. It's just getting diseases, basically. <laughs> Would you like some some untreated liquid from the nearby pond? <laughs> Don't worry, it's stagnant. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't technically call it water. We have to call it liquid. <laughs> Would you like some raw ditch runoff? <laughs> Just start bottling it as like culvert fresh. <laughs> How did we get on this topic? I don't know. We're really oh the bell Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taco Bell led to Cupy Burgers, led to ground beef and ice machines. <laughs> So how aggressive, well, how passive aggressive, I guess, would it be to go to the Arby's Bell, wait until someone made eye contact with you at, like, the counter, start to reach for the bell, shake your head, look at them, and then leave? (laughs) That that sounds like it's borderline aggressive. (laughs) That sounds sociopathic. (laughs) Look, I'm just including bits for our sketch comedy. <laughs> this is, yeah, our our particular style of of brand aware sketch comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just have to establish that there's a bell that gets rung, <laughs> and maybe the guy even talks about it. Like, 
He says, why are they ringing that bell? And they explain it to him. <laughs> That's, that'd be, you know, be good for the setup. Any other topics? We haven't even talked about the uh, the slap heard around the world. Isn't that all anybody's talking about still, or is that already yesterday's news? But by the time this goes out, it might be today's news again. They think it's going to happen again? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just going to, you know, remember when. There will be a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Top ten signs you, you were alive in, in March. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> 25 things you forgot happened at the 2022 Oscars. <laughs> 25. I was listening to another podcast, not not to uh, uh, promote some other podcast no, on this please. podcast. <laughs> we love we love cross promotion. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm not sure Doug could use something else to listen to. Just one I was listening to, and uh, somebody was like, "Do you think that's like the most memorable moment of any Oscars?" And someone else was like, "Name a single other moment from an Oscars. <laughs> Quick, do it." And it was like, "Yeah." <laughs> The La La Land Moonlight. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And Michael Moore got booed off the stage for <laughs> protesting the war in, in Iraq. <laughs> and Robert De Niro said, <laughs> Trump. Wasn't that an Oscars? I think, I don't I think so. Or is that a Golden Globes? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that like a news program or something or like an interview. I thought it was an acceptance speech. It could be. It could be both. Well, I guess it doesn't count if we can't accurately remember. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have been that memorable if you're not quite sure. Didn't Roberto Benini walk over some tables or something? Oh, apparently it was the Tonys. Mm. Ah. Yes, he did. He was a very colorful character. Yeah, that was that was real exciting. Everyone loved him and then decided to hate him immediately after that. <laughs> Is this guy still around? That. It's been a week. <laughs> We don't love genuine enthusiasm anymore. <laughs> we, that was as we were entering the age of irony. We're in post-irony post now, where it's it's cool to it's cool to be genuine now. That's why all the memes are so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> They're all too serious. Like, how you, how about you not reveal something about your inner life in this meme? <laughs> <laughs> Like, is this a funny joke or a cry for help? <laughs> Insert the why not both meme. <laughs> oh. I just like cat memes. That's it. I'm still browsing high can't has cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> but I make sure to do it through the internet archive for the true experience. Because <laughs> that's, that's still around, right? In the form of like cheeseburger.com or something. I honestly probably haven't checked in like 15 years, so I don't know. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. Now I'm going to have to just go to the Internet Archive. There's so much data, but I feel like it's going to be very difficult for historians to figure out. Yeah, there's a time period uh, future historians are going to be very confused about. If only physical media still survived. <laughs> hey, physical media is making a comeback. That's what I tell myself, at least. The local Barnes & Noble like remodeled. They had this like large media section that's been slowly getting like downsized, but this was like a big remodel, and now like all the media fits on like one like six, maybe twelve foot like long wall section. I guess my physical media is making a comeback. I mean, very specifically, vinyl records have found a niche market. Oh, <laughs> that is true. I'm waiting for CDs to get a resurgence because oh, too many man. places are digital and vinyl only now. Well, cassettes I, are starting to make this resurgence, right? Why and cassettes? I, I don't so know. Inconvenient. But I'm just like, well, I hope C that means CDs are coming, right? Like we got <laughs> 10 more years and <laughs> they'll be back. <laughs> well, I never got rid of mine, so I'm ready. That's right. I didn't even get rid of most of the jewel cases. I've been lugging them around the country for 20 years. Only the cases for the Jewel CDs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I keep all my CDs in, in cases. Jewel. Jewel, album. Jewel, album. Jewel cases. 
I like to go to the local used places and buy all their 50 cent jewels CDs. <laughs> throw away the disc. Just like, I don't want these discs. Can you throw these away from me? No, you have to take them home. People see my, my shelf and they're like, why do you have 700 copies of jewel pieces of me? <laughs> That reminds me of one of the Reddits I lurk on, Boutique Blu-ray, where periodically this conversation will come up like, how do you arrange your your collection, right? Is it alphabetical? Is it by label? Is it chronological? I text Adam a question along those lines like once every six months to a year. Yeah. <laughs> where would you put this, Adam? I need a second opinion. <laughs> it's but there it's were, slightly taller than everything else. What the but, hell? But there were a couple people who were like, I do it by the color of the spine. <laughs> what? <laughs> nice. And part of me wanted to de-lurk and just be like, I arrange mine by uh, director, but spines in. <laughs> <laughs> Really need to open it up real right away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's impressive by color. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the the rage these days with like the like with like books by the foot and stuff. Oh yeah, where people get books for show and they're arranged by color. Oh, yeah, oh. or people some people do arrange their books like that. I can only assume. <laughs> Whenever I see you know some. Uh, some uh, journalists' living room um, our, on a Zoom call or something. In our, in our, uh, we like to call it our library, but it's just the room where all the books are. <laughs> I think that's the definition of a library. <laughs> yeah, that, that it sounds so pretentious. Though, if I'm like our library, like you know, you know, I'm Mr. Burns or something. I don't. You know, know what, Dan? Embrace it. <laughs> okay. They'd be like, "This is my library. So what?" Well, in our library, which is in fact a room like. Designed entirely around all our bookcases. Uh, <laughs> Again, the definition of a library. <laughs> well, we don't have a card catalog, though we ought to get one. So it's not a public library. <laughs> it just we lack the Dewey Decimal System in our house. That's all. There, if there is like a small section of books, then my wife likes to arrange them with tallest on one end to shortest. Like, if it's not a big enough section to cover, like, more than half a shelf, instead of doing alphabetical by author or subject or anything like that, she'll just go tallest to shortest. Only in a small section. Occasionally I'll do, like, sticks out the most on the shelf, works its way in. (laughs) (laughs) For those, like, landscape-style books. Widest to narrowest. I like that because there's nothing worse than one really wide book sticking six inches out further than all the other ones around. (laughs) All the Scholastic Kelvin and Hobbes collections. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Basically anything from a book order. (laughs) The Garfield Fat Pack. Three in one. (laughs) But speaking of this question, I actually did have one come up the other day that i was going to text dan about but i guess i can just ask him now and that is what is the proper order for finding nemo and finding dory personally i would go finding nemo first because within a specific uh series if you will i would go chronological right but that's just me i think that's what i would probably because in my brain it's finding nemo and finding nemo too regardless of what they choose to call it if they were to have to have come in the same set and like a box around them for the well, display, obviously. then you would do it in that order. Yes, but that's true for any box oh, of set, course, right? yeah. But I'm just saying, I mean, oh, who's, the, the who's box splitting thing? up box sets to make sure they're in alphabetical order? Well, I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> that's monstrous. <laughs> I, would, I would even do that, I think, though, with, with like a, a prequel, right? Like, I, I prefer the order in which the story was actually told rather than, like, the theoretical, if that even applies, timeline. So like, words, it always bugged me when the C.S. Lewis estate oh, or yeah. whatever, like, rearranged all the books to be told in the order they happened instead of the order that they were told and released. Yes, which, by the way, is starting out with Magician's Nephew. Like, you want to turn a kid off C.S. Lewis Narnia books, that's the way to do it. it, it completely agree. <laughs> I don't know. I remember the first time I noticed that in a bookstore and I was like, has the world gone mad? What is this? Why would you do this? You're confusing people. 
<laughs> let's start them out with the second to worst book. <laughs> so, like, let's say you have Star Wars movie discs on a shelf. Would you go episode one, two, three, Star Wars Empire, Return of the Jedi? Or would you would you put Rogue One in between? So I would I would put them all up there, and then I would take episode one, two, three, and throw them in the trash can. What? <laughs> Have we found the dividing line of age <laughs> where those well, movies are acceptable I, or not? <laughs> it, it no, might, I'm it staring might be... at the prequels on my shelf right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, I, I remember thinking, I, I only just, uh, you know, they just only, I think I was pretty down on the prequels for quite a while. And they just kind of have started looking better in light of the sequel releases, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just, yeah. I, and it might be sacrilege in, in this uh, circle or in some of these circles, but uh, I, I'm i like reverse bias where I'm, I've never really been a huge Star Wars fan. So to me, episodes one through three are just bad movies. Like, not, not like, oh my God, I can't believe they did this with Star Wars. I'm just like, that was a bad movie. That character was annoying. I don't want to watch this again. Okay, but where's seven, eight, nine? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen all of them. <laughs> that must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's an upside to not being a Star Wars fanatic. You know, I, I quite liked every single release in the theater when it came out. And it's always been later where I'm like... I don't have much of a desire to rewatch that, I think. But I, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's not so... Like, when I saw the first J.J. Abrams one, I was like, yeah, that was that was fine. And then everyone's like, it, yeah, basically it was Star Wars again. And I was like, oh, so that's why I liked it. Okay. I, I do <laughs> think I saw 7 and or 8. I think it was 9 that I never... That was The Last Jedi, right? 8's The Last Jedi. 9 is The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay. Then maybe I just saw 7. Yeah. So yeah. seven. I, I remember, remember enjoying the th- those ones. The the later ones I enjoyed. I thought they were good. I remember in the theater watching seven and being sort of annoyed when I worked out halfway through. It was just a Star Wars remake, mm. and sort of got bullied into being like, "That's fine. That's what the the franchise needed." And it was like, "Well, okay." And <laughs> so just kind of was like grudgingly went along with it, and that kind of soured yeah. a bit. And then I watched eight, and I actually liked eight quite a bit. I, and then. I, and then nine took a big old stinky poop all over it. <laughs> I remember seeing, I think I saw seven and rogue one. That was like an anthology one, right? Like it's not part of the nine or whatever. Yeah. And I think I saw them both on airplanes. And in my experience, watching a movie on an airplane often makes it better because you're kind of a captive audience with nothing better to do. That is true. That's so how I saw Bill and Ted three. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I recall enjoying them, but then in the same breath, I I didn't necessarily seek out the others to watch them. I mean, I do legit think Rogue One is probably the best of the Disney Star Wars movies. It was a fun movie. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, uh, that's technically called Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and so goes under R. Ooh, mm, that's a that's a predicament there. I'd have to think about that one. That would. I have no me. idea where I'd. Even if I, I think put I would it just under, put them in story order, some vaguely. Yeah, That's even if I put it under R, it would bother me every time I looked at it on the shelf. See, so it helps not really having other Star Wars Blu-rays, so it can kind of just hang out by itself. <laughs> well, and I guess unless you're a Blu-ray DVD mixer, which I'm not, but I guess I could see how you might. No, be. I'm not. The boxes are two different sizes. It drives me crazy. Charlie, weigh in on this with your large physical media collection <laughs> that you didn't stuff into like those sleeve binders a long time ago. <laughs> See, Charlie's local Barnes and Noble recently uh, remodeled, and now you walk in and there's just a series of kiosks where you can download books onto your Kindle. And... <laughs> I, I'm bringing, bringing a spindle of CDRs, like ready to buy some music. <laughs> Where's the burn station? <laughs> oh, that would be good. Like, uh, sir, I think we skipped that decade. <laughs> I just heard you can get the m- music on the internet. So here's my CDs to get it. 
I brought these CDs so I could download the MP3s they said you sell. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, is there a way to get this on dot .wave format? I'd like to play it in my car's player, please. <laughs> I definitely uh, have been guilty of spending way too much money on an album I already own to buy it on vinyl, though. I've done that a few times in the last year. <laughs> Things that like came out in the 90s. And now it's been, you know, re-released as a 25th anniversary edition on double LP, 180 gram vinyl, whatever. And it's like $45. And I'm like, well, I have the CD, but this one's way cooler looking. I want this one. I feel like that's got to be the the most like normal way to buy vinyl. You know, like it's more of a boutique purchase for things yeah. that you that you well, like. See, I think some smart person in the music industry and... Over the the last decade, I get the feeling there's not many of them, but I think someone came up with a really good idea and they were like, hey, you know, all those 20 year olds who like downloaded all that free music when they were in college in like 2001, 2002. Well, now they all have money and are the target audience. So let's make up for it by getting them to buy all that stuff they already have, but for like 50 bucks a pop. (laughs) Now that's what I call Napster Volume 6. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Your favorite kids from the early 2000s, mislabeled. (laughs) (laughs) The the 12 most popular Napster downloads of like 2000 on a vinyl album but like Adam said all mislabeled I'd totally buy that here's all the songs you downloaded you know I mean there's probably people there's a lot of people probably still searching for like the actual names of you know just obscure band songs that were mislabeled wow the Goo Goo Dolls did a lot of different stuff (laughs) Did you guys hear that Goo Goo Dolls cover where they sound exactly like Dave Matthews band? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this reminds me of a time that I told Dan, probably this would have been like 2002 or 3. I told Dan about a Counting Crows song that had recently come out. And I was like, (laughs) this is pretty good. So he's like, all right, let me go download it. And so he downloaded it and he's like, this is a weird song. And I was like, that's kind of catchy. He's like, yeah, but they just keep repeating the same 10 seconds over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) I said, "Uh, I think you found a copy that's broken somehow. (laughs) It was like a promotional thing or something, I think, because it like it looped perfectly into itself. It was like the same two lines over and over again. Why is it saying trapaholics every 10 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they used to do, right? Is they would just flood the they would just flood the space with things that were labeled like as certain songs but they would be wrong like on purpose. So you could never get the song you wanted. But I remember at one point Ben Folds like had an album coming out and like the track list had been like announced. And so at some point like he had I guess like a few hours of spare time and so he and like a couple other people just like went to the studio and recorded like fake songs that kind of sounded like it. Like they had similar titles, but weren't the songs. They were just like <laughs> bizarre things. And then he like released it on like probably Kazaa at that point just to see what would happen. Wow. Where it was like, oh, it's genuine Ben Folds, but it's not actually the album leaking. <laughs> Deep fake. Yeah, that's kind of genius. Yeah, especially because in some cases the fake quote-unquote songs were better than the genuine ones. <laughs> <laughs> the unpolished, like, demo version? <laughs> well, they weren't even that. They were just, like... No, they probably sounded like that, right? Yeah, they like, they, they had, like, out. you know, they, they'd, like, the song, the name of the song, and be, like, whatever you might think that was about if you'd never heard about it. Uh, what was the one? Oh, I think it was Bitch Went Nuts. And, like, the real one is just, like, a breakup song or something. Uh, kind of like the counterpoint to that... Uh, is it the Carrie Underwood song before he cheats where she like wrecks his car and stuff? Yeah, it's Carrie Underwood, I think. Yeah. So it kind of felt like the male counterpart to that song. But like the fake song is just about like how he takes her to a party and she does a bunch of coke and starts like screaming like left wing slogans to all these businessmen. <laughs> and it was like, this is a much better song than the real one. <laughs> We'll have to link to that on the blog with the two versions. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. And like the only difference was like, was like nuts spelled with an S versus a Z, I think. <laughs>
Well, I think that probably about wraps up for this edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. I'm Charlie Wallace. Uh, thanks to our two unexpectedly prepared guests, Paul Wilcox. <laughs> it was a pleasure. And Dan Hess. Happy to be here. Unexpectedly prepared or just excellent extemporaneous talking? That's <laughs> the same they're Good difference? conversationalist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like that looking of... around the room I'm in and being like, what else can I talk about that's in here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's records over there. Hey, hey, uh, hey you want to talk about Anafuna cards? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Paul, I reckon that about wraps it up for another episode of the Govesky Wallace Report. Yes, it does, but the fun doesn't have to end here. No? No, you can check out our other episodes at GobeskyWallaceReport.com. Do we have a social media presence as well? Yes, we do. I suppose it's probably, <laughs> what, Twitter and Facebook? Uh, we are on, on Twitter at GW Report. I guess that'll have to do for now. Yep, I guess so. we're doing all right for not having topics yeah yeah that went pretty well we hit a groove there when we started talking about physical media and such yeah because I, I like physical media now the real question though tying it back is with your physical media do you keep the sleeves or do you get rid of them oh, i definitely keep the sleeves so no sleeves at work but sleeves at home <laughs> correct <laughs> <laughs> at work it's the gun show at home i, I keep the sleeves love conservation of sleeves 